Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. And now here's your host, Eric Danner. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. I'm Kendra Sheehan, Eric Danner joining us. I'm a little out of the office today as I'm in Phoenix, Arizona for the men's soccer tournament. So that's been very exciting. Yesterday we had the quarterfinals, Friday we'll have the semifinals, and our play-by-play and analyst Roland Vargas will actually join us for the second segment. Make sure you stay tuned to listen for that. He's got some good stuff. We've had some pretty exciting two matches in the tournament <laughs> to say so the far. least, right? <laughs> yeah. That, that, Definitely. That, uh, we'll get more into it with Roland, but that Air Force match and a literal last-second goal, I've never seen anything like it, actually. Uh, we talked to Pete Fewing uh, earlier today as as you get ready for that semifinal match. He's never seen anything like it. If Pete Fewing's never, never seen anything like it, then it's probably never happened in soccer because no person that I know has watched more soccer or been a part of more games than Pete Fewing. I mean, I was sitting in the control room and we're like, all right, get the, you know, overtime graphics set up, be prepared <laughs> for PKs. And then we're like, what just happened? Of course, you know. That was just insane. It was a huge heartbreaker for UT RGV. And we have some exciting news of our own here at the Western Athletic Conference. We have hired a new commissioner. It's been publicly announced. Brian Thornton joins the WAC after one year as an associate commissioner for basketball at the American Athletic Conference, two years as an assistant director for basketball development at the NCAA National Office. He was a standout basketball player at Xavier. And uh, and for that, he, he had some stints at Vanderbilt, too. He was a standout player as well there. Very exciting news. Jeff Hurd uh, will be stepping down uh, at the end of the year here and uh, at the end of the academic year, not the, the end of the school year. And that was announced uh, back in July. And he's been with the conference for 37 years, 10 years as the commissioner. So it, there haven't been a whole lot of commissioners over the years. Uh, in these nearly 60 years of the Western Athletic Conference. So Brian Thornton comes in. We're, we're very excited to get to work with him. Uh, as you mentioned, a student athlete, was an academic All-American while he was at Xavier, was also a coach. He also has administrative experience with the NCAA and most recently with the American Conference. So it, it'll be very exciting. And actually, you're going to be uh, able to be the first one in the office to, to meet him face-to-face here as uh, He'll be making a trip out to Phoenix and will be your guest uh, at halftime of the uh, first match on Friday. I know. I feel so honored. The first person to meet him face to face. I haven't spoken with him yet. I'm looking forward to it. I think he's got a great vision for the conference. And so looking forward to that halftime interview. And uh, we also have some other conference shakeup news. New Mexico State and Sam Houston will be leaving the conference in a couple of years. They'll be headed to Conference USA. So some changes will be coming to our conference as well as, you know, as, as the whole college conferences are still kind of aligning themselves. Yeah, conference realignment's been kind of the story for many years and kind of anticipated there was going to be something once uh, Texas and Oklahoma announced that they were going to the SEC, kind of the trickle down has now reached the Western Athletic Conference, and we wish those schools well. And uh, just uh, kind of as a tease, we, we might be having some uh, expansion news of our own coming up in the near future. Very exciting. Can't say anything yet, but definitely keep an eye out for that as the college landscape continues to change. 
College basketball is finally back. Opening night was Tuesday for many schools, and I had the incredible opportunity being at GCU for the men's soccer tournament. We were at the GCU home game against Grambling State, and I have to say, you had told me about it. You had said the Havocs, their student section, is something to watch and to see in person, and I was like, yeah, sure, Eric, uh-huh, like, I'm sure they're really good. And seeing them in person was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. I went to two Power Five schools, and their student section absolutely blew me away. And, and the, just the whole atmosphere, the electricity in the building, and it's hard to really, you know, say into words what exactly that is. I know when I had an opportunity to go to a couple of games there, you know, the hair on my arms is standing up. I mean, it's just literally <laughs> electric and and the music and the, the you know, all the sounds and the chants and, and all the things that the student section does, but everybody in the arena as, as well, and that they pack that place. And it's so nice after, you know, two years knock on wood with, with COVID that, you know, to see a packed arena and be a part of something like that. Oh yeah, I mean, they, they have, it's like 12 minutes before tip they are blasting music it is loud the students are all dancing I don't know how they coordinate that beforehand but they're all dancing to the same same beat and then we're on the other side kind of the just the ticket holders and in front of us we had the purple professors who I guess are professors at GCU and they have purple wigs with little streamers sticking out and they have lab coats that have GCU and they're up they got pom-poms going they're cheering so the whole atmosphere was pretty incredible and of course GCU gets the 74-53 win over Grambling State to start the season 1-0. GCU uh, picking up a win. New Mexico State if you're looking at the matchups. uh, New Mexico State probably had the best uh, win uh, of the night in terms of beating UC Irvine coming into Las Cruces but uh, Tarleton also put a scare into Stanford as they were up in the second half in that game and uh, Billy Gillespie who I had a chance to talk with last week the head coach of the Texans and certainly no stranger to those uh, games in the power five Stanford had one of the top 20 freshmen uh, playing in that game so a guy a likely NBA first round pick uh, coming up in the next year Tarleton stood toe-to-toe with the Cardinal and uh, no rest for Billy Gillespie and the Tarleton Texans. They play at Kansas on Friday in, uh, in yet another big Power 5 matchup. Looking forward to a great basketball season ahead. We're only getting started, and we've already had some great matchups. You just came back from a trip to Abilene, where the women's tournament, soccer tournament championship was held. Pretty exciting. GCU clinching the, the title, and now they have an NCAA first appearance with USC coming up. Congratulations to Chris Sissel, the head coach at GCU, was the longtime coach at UMKC when they were in the WAC, four-time WAC coach of the year. Previous to Sunday was 0-4 in the WAC championship match, had never been to the NCAA tournament, despite a lot of success in uh, the regular season and the postseason to get to the championship four times. Finally broke through, uh, beating Utah Valley 3-0 in the championship. So hats off to GCU. Uh, Marlene Schimmer, their uh, outstanding player, the offensive player of the year, uh, unfortunately got injured in the uh, semis. Uh, So hopefully she'll be back to full strength as they will need her when they play at USC this weekend. 
Yeah, you definitely want to see a player like Shimmer have the opportunity to be out on the pitch for such an important matchup for GCU. She has been so phenomenal for the Lopes the entire season, what she's done. She's been in our WAC Top Play Package numerous times. We've seen plenty of great goals from her. And on your trip to Abilene, you did make another stop. You went out to Tarleton for football, where you mentioned you did the story on Billy Gillespie. But what was it like being at Tarleton for the football game? They played Lamar. Uh, the uh, Texans come out on top of the Cardinals, and it was great to uh, be at a WAC football game in person. First time that I've had an opportunity to do that, and it was a fabulous weather. You know, one of those great November nights in Texas, uh, where where it's uh, you know you, you don't have to wear a jacket, but it's uh, it's not hot uh, per se. But uh, Tarleton was very impressive in that football game, uh, taking care of Lamar, and coming up this week. Uh, as I mentioned in WAC Football Friday coming up, uh, it's a rivalry you don't want to sleep on. Tarleton plays Abilene Christian. Two schools are only about an hour and a half apart, and they both, you know, have, have the purple going on, and it's a, a nice little rivalry between the two schools. That game will be at ACU, so that's uh, kind of one that I, uh, in particular, have circled for the week ahead in WAC Football. Also, Sam Houston hosting Eastern Kentucky uh, one of those AQ7 matchups as Sam Houston's win streak now, Kendra, at 19 games, and the Bearcats continue rolling. They they really demolished uh, Dixie State this past week, had special teams touchdowns, had defensive touchdowns, and rushed for over 400 yards in that game while playing three different quarterbacks. So uh, Sam Houston continues to be the team to beat. That's why they're number one in the country. They were firing on all cylinders this past weekend, and Jalen Thomas was actually our Ticket Smarter Special Teams Player of the Week. He had the pickup from the blocked field goal, ran it back for a touchdown. Just incredible what we've seen from Sam Houston. Unfortunately, they're leaving the WAC, but we wish them well. And they, they have been tremendous for this entire season and the, the last season as well. I mean, their, their win streak stretches till – from, I want to say, November 2019 until now. It's pretty incredible. We have some other great matchups. Dixie State has another tough matchup. They'll play Fort Lewis. They're still searching for their first win. Stephen F. Austin will play Central Arkansas. And then Jackson. And, and that figures to be an, another big matchup. Uh, Stephen F. getting a, a big win uh, this past week at home. And now they uh, will be playing. Uh, they actually beat Eastern Kentucky, the team that uh, – that'll be playing Sam Houston now this week, but uh, Stephen F to win that game. Now uh, against Central Arkansas, this this is one of those uh, kind of defining games, I think of the season for SFA and, and they've been playing really well. I know Central Arkansas has won three in a row. So there's another one to uh, circle on your calendar. Xavier Gibson, our ticket smarter offensive player of the week. He has just been so incredible for the Jacks this season. He had three touchdowns on just four catches over the nationally ranked Eastern Kentucky. Pretty incredible player to watch. He keeps showing up in our WAC top play packages. Um, and then we have another great matchup with Lamar. Coach Blaine Morgan still looking for his first win in the AQ7. They were actually up 14 to seven in that game I went to at Tarleton. So Lamar has some talent, but uh, it's a very young team uh, still, uh, kind of finding things out about themselves. But I think in years to come, they're kind of laying that foundation, Kendra, that uh, they, they will be a team to watch. But 
this year has been kind of a tough one for uh, the Lamar Cardinals. Five games on the schedule for this weekend on Saturday. You can watch all those on ESPN Plus. And an exciting week for volleyball as you prepare to go to the volleyball championships coming up next week. It's a big week as teams look to clinch titles and, and get their spot in the tournament. The volleyball championship will be in Las Cruces next week. And Kendra, a lot to be sorted out, but there's already seven teams that have clinched spots in that tournament, seven of the eight. We know who they will be, but we have no idea where they're going to be ranked in that tournament so far. Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin, we talk about the Battle of the Piney Woods and football being perhaps the best rivalry in the in the WAC. Well, in volleyball this year, that uh, matchup this weekend is going to determine the champion of the Southwest Division. Uh, we could see co-champions. There's all kinds of scenarios that can happen. Chicago State, they're playing uh, Grand Canyon, New Mexico State this weekend. They still have a shot at winning the West Division, and what an accomplishment that would be for the Cougars. Of course, New Mexico State, Grand Canyon also still in play for the West Division title. So with only a few matches remaining, the fact that we have several teams still vying for the divisional title shows you how tight things are. And it, once we get to the, the volleyball tournament, Kendra, I think, uh, I, I don't know how much those rankings are going to mean because so, the teams are so even this year. Uh, absolutely. What is something you're looking forward to most at the volleyball tournament? I know if you've been to a few volleyball tournaments in the past. It'll be exciting to be back in Las Cruces at, at the Pan Am Center. That was the first volleyball championship I had a chance to go to five years ago, and it's a fabulous facility. And uh, Mike Jordan does a great job as the head coach of the Aggies. So uh, excited. They're excited to see Michael Navarrete, uh, <laughs> our, our now former uh, co-worker who's now working at New Mexico State. And I understand will be uh, helping us out a little bit at, at the championship. And we'll have Adam Young, who we've had on the show, uh, do the first day play-by-play. Uh, -play, and then he's got to take off, go to go to football with the uh, with the Aggies. And then we'll have uh, Mary Kay Morrow, who did a great job at the soccer championship as our analyst. She'll step into a play-by-play -play role. And then Debbie Hendricks, who we've had for several years as our analyst, uh, a great uh, former Division II coach at uh, West Texas Metro State, uh, won a national championship. She's uh, been our analyst now for several years. She'll be down in Las Cruces with us as well. It'll be a great opportunity also to get back into the Pan Am Center, like you had mentioned, it's been kind of off off limits for the past year, especially with basketball, the New Mexico state men's and women's team weren't able to play home games there due to COVID-19 and, and the rules and regulations part of that state. So very exciting for you. Looking forward to that trip. And up next, we will talk to Roland Vargish, the play-by-play -play and color analyst for our men's soccer tournament here in Phoenix, Arizona. That is all ahead. <laughs> Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Kendra Sheehan, Eric Danner joining. I'm in the beautiful Phoenix, Arizona for the men's soccer tournament. We're joined with Roland Vargas, who is the play-by-play -play analyst for ESPN broadcast. Roland, first night was last night, two quarterfinal matches, and man, they were quite exciting. I guess we'll start with the second match of the day. It was tied up 0-0 to the final 
seconds of play that something pretty incredible happened. Yeah, Air Force getting a winner with just a couple seconds left. I thought it was actually a really good game despite it being nil-nil going all the way to the end. But Air Force, they never give up. As uh, head coach Pete Fewing of Seattle U told us, an assist goes to the ball kid, throwing the ball in. Air Force take the corner kick. They get the winner with uh, absolutely no time remaining. It was uh, quite a way to end the day. Roland, I, I watched it on ESPN Plus, and I, I've worked with you for several years. I, I don't think I've ever seen a reaction like that. Have, have you ever seen a match end like that with one second to go in a, as you said, nil-nil match that a header goes in and a team advances to the next round? Yeah, it's pretty rare, especially in college soccer, because once that clock hits 90, it's over. So there's no referee's discretion. And with that one, didn't even think Air Force was going to be able to get that corner kick off. They took two corner kicks inside the last 30 seconds. So to end it that way, I've certainly never seen that, never seen that in a tournament game. You see that a couple of times during the regular season, but never in the postseason. Just an incredible way for uh, that game to end. Heartbreaking for UTRGV, but a great win for the Falcons. And UTRGV, that six seed, looking to do what Air Force had done the previous year, being the six seed, going all the way and winning, winning the tournament. But heartbreaking, UTRGV played, I think, a lot better than what we were expecting. They created numerous chances. It seemed like even a pretty even matchup as, as we were headed into the half and then as we were going late into that second half. Yeah, I thought the Vaqueros did really well, to your point. I mean, before the game, I thought they were just going to sit in, maybe be lucky to try to get a counterattack or two. But as that second half wore on, they were pretty good. They created some chances. They kept the Falcons honest. They really hung in there. And you saw just how dejected they were when they gave up that that winner right at the end, because I think they all we all thought they were going to go to overtime, maybe even have a chance in penalty kicks. Roland Air Force uh, had Tristan Traeger, the WAC Offensive Player of the Year, only played 33 minutes in that match last night. And, and as they advance here to play Seattle, you, you mentioned Pete Fewing, the legendary coach of the Red Hawks, and that figures to be a fantastic matchup on Friday. Sounds like the, uh, the Falcons will possibly be without the services of the offensive player of the year. Yeah, it didn't look good for Tristan Traeger, one of the best players in the country, one of the best players in the WAC. Certainly there are some professional teams looking at him as they have done with Air Force over the past few years. Tristan Traeger pulled up, looked like one of those dreaded non-contact injuries, kind of holding that right leg. His parents were in the crowd last night. I spoke to them. They weren't especially optimistic about his chances for the rest of this tournament, for sure. He needs some time definitely to rest and, uh, and recover from that one. It looked like one of those bad little muscular pull injuries off the ball. And that was unfortunate. As we spoke with uh, Pete Fewing earlier, he had mentioned that it was it would be disappointing if he couldn't play because you obviously want to go up against the best of the best. You never want to have a, a player like that who has such tremendous talent be out in such an important match. But going back to the previous match, the first matchup in the quarterfinals, San Jose State, what a game that was. I mean, there were so many goals scored in the first 15 minutes of play and then to end with San Jose State moving on to play GCU in the semis. Yeah, it was a weird game, but it was a wonderful game. You kind of thought that Utah Valley were they could they could have scored as many as they wanted in that first half. They were all over San Jose State. They had wonderful movement. They used their speed time and time again, but something must have been said in that Spartan locker room at halftime because they came out. They were a completely different team. They were able to use their experience, their quality on the ball. They were able to play the passes that they wanted. They clawed their way back into it with a couple set pieces. Then in the end, got the winner. Just a fabulous way to start this 2021 WAC soccer tournament. I mean, a 4-3, just a wonderful game. Roland, a little reminiscent of a few years back when we were in Seattle 
San Jose State was down 3-0, and they come back in the uh, latter part of the second half to tie it up and then win in PKs. And, of course, Simon Tobin being the constant in, in both of those matches, and he picks up his first WAC Coach of the Year award. He he really um, is, has developed uh, this team into a, a never-say-die type of team, and they'll be playing the host Grand Canyon on Friday, and uh, the, the Lopes figure to have their hands full. Yeah, they sure do. I mean, it's always about who's peaking at tournament time, you know, and I think San Jose State, they have that experience from Simon Tobin, well-deserving of the WAC Coach of the Year this year, and he's got players there that he can trust. He's got players that have made 60, 70, 80-plus appearances for the Spartans, so there's a ton of experience on that team. There's a ton of quality. I think right now it's just about how they regenerate, how they recover for that game because GCU they like to press. They like to press the tempo. They like to run an awful lot. So San Jose State, if they can hang in that match early, I think they'll have a chance just because of that experience and because of that never-say-die attitude. Well, and in the first half, it was like UVU was creating all these opportunities. That was a fast match. I mean, they were constantly pressing the ball, and it felt like San Jose was lucky to be going into the half tied up because they had you know, scored – some goals off of set pieces and, and a penalty kick, but UVU had dominated that first half in terms of possession and pushing the, pushing the pace of the game. But then in the second half, it seemed to be more even. And then that shows just how patient that San Jose state was and not getting frustrated and something that Simon Tobin must've said in the locker room really got the guys fired up. Yeah, he, he said something. He wouldn't tell us after the game what what words to use, but he said something. And to your point, the speed of Utah Valley was just astonishing. They were all over San Jose State early. Well, we have some great semifinals coming up. Very exciting. What are you looking forward to most to seeing on the matches on Friday? I'm looking forward to seeing, I mean, these teams... Seattle University and GCU, they had the first round buys for a reason because of the quality that they showed throughout the entire year. I'm excited to see how they start. They're going to be playing teams that come in with an awful lot of momentum, but I think Seattle U and GCU especially, they have the quality. They had that first round buy. They've been preparing. You saw all the coaches in the stands last night watching, taking notes on the iPads, making corrections, doing what they need to do to scout. I think we're going to see really lively first half an hours. And then after that, it's about these teams that have played already in the first round here in Phoenix about how they're able to keep that pressure going and whether they're going to run out of steam against some teams that are coming in with a little bit of rest. Sorry, uh, Roland, you actually froze up on my computer here. So I didn't jump in on my other <laughs> question here. Just wanted to wrap up that San Jose state, uh, Utah Valley thought Rudy Castro had an incredible goal in that match. And it was recognized on sports center in their top 10 package. I haven't seen if that, incredible goal at the end of the Air Force match uh, made that as well. But that's one of the things about that San Jose State team is they have these kind of magical goal scorers. They have a couple of really good players on that team. They sure do. And they're deadly from set pieces. And that, I think, goes to the experience that they have. You have a player like Max Allen, who started 81 of the 82 possible games that he could play in his WAC career at San Jose State. Feels like he's been there forever. He's been there as long as I've been calling games in the WAC. And then Rudy Castro came up with that one. The whole stadium thought he was going to cross that ball to the far post. At the very end, he just curled it near post, beat the wall, beat the goalkeeper, a fantastic goal, well-deserving of a top-10 play. I mean, that was one of the moments that we've seen so far in this tournament. Well, Roland, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited for Friday's semifinal matches and then that championship on Sunday. Follow Wax Sports for all your updates on those tournaments. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Happy Veterans Day, everybody. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. 
and check out our website at waxsports.com.